computer's frozen. So oh, good. We're at a standstill. Actually, your your stuff is first. Oh yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> season one, episode fifteen of Lost, titled Homecoming, directed by Kevin Hooks. He also directed White Rabbit. This is the only other episode of Lost that he directed. So we'll we'll bid him adieu. Um, <laughs> February 9th, two thousand five. Uh, that Monday, on February 7th, Dame Ellen MacArthur breaks the world record for fastest circumnavigation around the globe. Yes! Yeah, at 71 days, 14 hours, 18 minutes, and 33 seconds, beating the previous record holder, Francis Joyen, um, by one day, 8 hours, 35 minutes, and 49 seconds. She was the youngest person to ever compete in that race. I'm not sure if she still is the youngest person. She might be. She got no more than 20 hours of sleep at a time. What? So you can count me out from that. Wait, 20 hours? Oh, I meant 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She got mad sleep. (laughs) Um, An asteroid was named after her, the 20043 Ellen MacArthur. And then you want to hear something tragic? Yeah. Two years later in, no, sorry, three years later in 2008, uh, Francis Joyen (laughs) beat that time again. (laughs) So he got his record back. Frank! (laughs) At 57 days, 13 hours, 34 minutes, and six seconds. Uh, What a sad end to that I know, right? (laughs) I was feeling so empowered, (laughs) but... um, then on Thursday, February tenth, Mar- uh, Mar- <laughs> then on Thursday, February tenth, Arthur Miller dies at eighty nine. Wow. Yeah. Um, the forty seventh Grammy Awards were that week. Best new artist went to Maroon Five. Okay. Beating Kanye. Weird. Yeah. Song of the year was "Daughters" by John Mayer. No! Um, but but the best dance recording was Toxic by Britney Spears. And the best rock album, American Idiot, because what else? Obviously. <laughs> the cat is so upset. Today. I don't know if it'll even pick up on the... Um... Put him, get him on mic. <laughs> okay, that one definitely. <laughs> um, okay, are you ready for the movie? Yeah. A New York date doctor falls for a hardened columnist while helping a shy accountant woo a beautiful heiress. Okay, there's multiple movies that's like, hire someone to get you a date. Is this one Hitch? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've seen it, I think. Starring Will Smith, Kevin James, Eva Mendes. Um, I clipped part of the trailer. They just waxed Kevin James's bag back. When I'm around, I just can't get my stuff right. I saw that going differently in my mind. We'll have some questions of his own. Is it me or is it just a little itchy in here? Wow, are you okay? Well, I know it's happening. You think that I'm in a stressful state because I'm trying to make a good impression? No, I think you have food allergies. Will Smith. It is not that serious. The cure for the common man. Eight out of ten women believe. The cure for the common. Very uh, life cereal. Cure for the common breakfast. Oh, wow. Another Mad Men. Mad Men will always worm its way into our conversations. Um, 
Also, you want to hear something fucked up? Mm-hmm. According to Will Smith, the female lead was supposed to be Caucasian, but the producers did not want to make the lead couple interracial as it was considered a taboo. Wait, I thought it was Eva Mendes. I know. <laughs> they also did not want the uh, the female lead to be black as they feared it would alienate white al- uh, white audiences. Oh so they decided to go with Hispanic. Do what? Like, I don't get what that up. is. It's like halfway Split between. The difference? <laughs> like, <laughs> also, like as though that's not an interracial couple. Um, yeah, what the hell? But yeah, they were looking at I think Cameron Diaz for that role, um, but they wanted it to be Hispanic. Um, Jennifer Lopez turned it down, uh, and Hitch broke Fifty First Dates record of thirty nine point nine million for the highest weekend debut for a romantic comedy, and Fifty it made Dates is better than Hitch. I have not seen either of them. Fifty First Dates. Really affected me. Like I, th- I still think about it from time to time because it's su- just such a bizarre premise. It's where she has short-term memory loss, right? Yeah. So like every day she wakes up and she thinks it's like the a new the day. next day, but really it's like ten years later. Whoa! Did you ever heard about that guy who got that brain parasite and like was only able to like remember things? His, his brain would, like, reset after, like, five minutes or something. Oh, my God. I would kill myself. Oh, God. Or I would just tell people not to tell me because I wouldn't want to know. That's so sad. Yeah. I would just be like, next time, don't tell me that my brain's reset. Yeah. It's, uh, it was very sad. I learned about it in my Psych 101 class in college. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to write a play about it, and it, like, wasn't, it wasn't working. Um, what do you think the top country song was? Country from the mid-2000s. I, I can't even name one. Really? I hope you recognize this. Rascal Flats, Broken Road. I think I like that song. That, the singing was really nice. He's incredible. I didn't realize that until yesterday when I was looking into this. He he has such a great... Um, I don't know what the technical term is for it, but like every, every note that he sings has like a little run in it. Is there a word oh, for that? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um... He was in the Hannah Montana movie, or I guess all of Rascal Flatts was in the Hannah Montana movie. He He's hanging out with Billy Ray Cyrus at a party, and then they sing this song, and then it makes Billy Ray Cyrus think of Miley Cyrus. Oh my god. My brother took me to see that movie. I went to see that movie on a double date in middle school. <laughs> date in middle school. I know. That's so embarrassing. Got so much dick for that. Taylor Swift was in that movie, right? She was? was didn't she, like, sing at the end? I, I truly don't remember. That's all I remember from it. Now, the last song. Don't get me started on that. 
Her movie with Liam Hemsworth. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, boy. It's a lot to deal with. I watched a... Um, I think one of the DVD extras for this show, Lost, <laughs> is called Lost on Location, and some of them are on YouTube. I hope all of them are on YouTube, because I'm really enjoying them, but I watched the one for special. Wait, are they part of the DVD? I think so. Because Brett has the DVDs. Holy shit. <laughs> we should ask him. Um, but the last episode we did was special, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So I watched the Lost on Location for it, <laughs> and the polar bear was really incredible looking. The puppet. Harold, Can you describe it? <laughs> it's just a man with like it's just an arm and then a polar bear head, and he just keeps going like rar and like moving his arm <laughs> around. <laughs> Harold Perrineau said he and Malcolm had a good time screaming at a polar bear puppet and trying not to laugh. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> David Lindelof says. He's in this Lost on Location, and what he said really confused me. He was like, I don't want to tell you Walt is psychic. I want to show you a scene, and you extrapolate from it what you want. But, like, I didn't think he was psychic. Or, like, yeah. psychic abilities, is that a broader yeah, I don't term know. than just, like, being able to see the future? Because well, when has he seen the future? I don't think he has. He can roll every number in backgammon. He can hit his mark in a knife throwing. Yeah. He And then he summoned that bird and that polar bear. <laughs> but none of those are seeing the future. So maybe he means like psychic generally, like yeah. psychic powers. I don't know, Damon. <laughs> Where's the devil slip it from your beat? <laughs> Harold Perrineau. As Mercutio. A really good performance. <laughs> Romeo in that plus movie. Juliet. God. The movie was pretty mediocre, but well, okay. I enjoyed part of it. I think I, I was doing a lot of thinking about it. And I understand why people would be upset by people who clearly are not like Shakespeare actors having to speak Shakespeare for a long ass movie. Like Claire Danes talked for a long time oh. saying just about nothing. Yeah. But like as far as as far as like adaptations of Shakespeare go, I was into it. It's fun if you take it for what it is, but also if you're an uptight nerd, I get why that would stress you out. Yeah, I guess I was an uptight nerd because that's one of my favorite plays and I just thought that movie like I thought you liked it. No. <laughs> I thought oh, I thought we were on the same page about that. <laughs> Now it just sounds like I'm attacking you. I said when it was over, I said I would give that a 6.4. Oh. It really, like, didn't really do it for me. I think there there are parts of it that are great. Yeah. Harold Perrineau, great. Yeah, I <laughs> nailed it. John Leguizamo was a lot to see with my eyes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all. The last thing that I liked in that video was Terry O'Quinn said that Locke recognizes or appreciates something in Walt that his father doesn't recognize. That was that was our guy's take on the situation. Yeah. That sounds like something a predator would say. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> God, I hope not. Did we do all of your stuff? Yeah, that's it. It was a short one. Alright, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. I decided not to prepare anything this week. 
On day 27, October 18th, 2004, Locke finds Claire. But after she wakes up, she has no recollection of the crash or the other castaways, including Charlie. We learned we've been here almost a month. Charlie refers to the other survivors as the others. So I guess we can now throw that term around casually. He was like, what did he say? Like, I don't remember. It was just something offhand. It was like. We you came back and all the others said that whatever and I was like the others oh wait he he said others in reference to like yeah everyone else in yeah their he group. said something to Claire like and the others thought you were gone I don't forever. think that that means anything well th- that's what I'm saying I think I think I thought that it was going to mean something but the show has said it a lot of more times oh in different and contexts. it hasn't meant anything. Listen to this weird music that's been popping up in recent episodes. <laughs> Wake up now. Hey, Claire. Claire. Wake up now. It's just like a one piano key or something. It started in, I think, Hearts and Minds. Mm. And now it's in every episode. Is that, wait, when he, is he waking her up and then she starts screaming? Is that what's happening in that scene? In this episode? Yeah. In, in so. that clip that you just played. Yeah, and that was from, like, minute one. Oh, my so God. So. I'm so tired of her screaming. I <laughs> would really like to get to a point where she doesn't scream anymore. She would, too, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that the score is really significant in Lost, and Lostpedia tracks what theme is played when, which is so cool. Someone mm-hmm. put a lot of time into this. I'm trying not to pay too much attention to what Lostpedia says on that though because I don't want to let them give anything away or even to influence the way I experience the show. But like when I'm looking at their recaps it'll be like oh Charlie was hanging and they played the life and death theme and then you know when Shin was doing this they were playing Boone's theme and I'm like Boone has a theme? Yeah I think they like all have a I don't know whose theme is just one piano key but like yeah. Well because life and death is like the one that, like, anytime I hear it, I'm, like, taken back to okay. to um, high school. Yeah. And, oh, the other annoying thing is I looked at the soundtrack and the, the titles are, like, punny or they're all wordplay, which seems so weird for a show that takes itself so seriously. So, like, <laughs> the soundtrack for, for that episode, for example, where you think Charlie is dead... That that track on the soundtrack is called um like Charlie Hangs Around or something like that. Oh my that. god. <laughs> They're all funny They're just like, like that. placeholder names. Yeah, and then they just don't change them. Maybe I'll find some other funny ones. That's They're, really good. They're all like dumb wordplay. Um The flashbacks so to <laughs> The flashbacks show Charlie in the midst of his drug addiction. We name check drive shaft. I always appreciate that. I thought this was going to be the plot of Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> like when he's like, I come to wive it wealthily in Padua. You know? <laughs> Charlie's friend Tommy referred to these women as ripe. Okay, I wrote that down too. I That was really upsetting. <laughs> and then I think Charlie called them saucy sirens. I also wrote that down. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you say? He's like, absolutely. Like when Tommy's like, yeah, I'm going to go get these ladies. And Charlie like has his beer and he's like, Absolutely. Ew. <laughs> so creepy. Back on the island, we were gifted with my favorite thing, a random duo scene. This time it was Charlie and Jin. Ugh. 
The next day, Ethan. Uh-huh. Okay, wait. Do you think that the the um that people like monologuing to the people who don't speak English supposedly like right. Kate did it when she yeah. didn't know that Sun spoke English. Charlie's doing it to Jin. I almost feel like they're a device in that way. Like they're obviously like their own characters too, but I feel like the show is using them as a device to like. Oh, I never show us about more that. about the other character who's talking. Like it's a really convenient exposition. Yeah, it's like a DIY confidant. <laughs> That's so weird. The next day, Ethan confronts Charlie and threatens to kill one survivor each day until Claire is brought back to him. This is the game Mafia. <laughs> one person dies every day until you get to the killer. I like that war council, like Locke and Charlie and Jack discussing tactical measures, mm-hmm. but then they just exclude him anyway. Wait, did we already talk about how Claire doesn't remember anything? Yeah. Okay. In flashbacks, we learn that Tommy and Charlie have a whole plot cooked up where they choose a rich woman to cozy up to and then steal from. The current target is Lucy Heatherton. Once invited to her house, Charlie has an interest in stealing a cigarette case that had belonged to Winston Churchill. I was glad to see another Charlie scarf in this scene. Yeah. He ends up developing feelings for Lucy, or perhaps he just fancies a fresh start, the opportunity to become respectable. He takes a job selling photocopiers, which Tommy opposes. We name check drive shaft again. <laughs> just keeps really building him up. Tommy says, getting you off on my skag. And I had to look that up. He was like, I've been getting you off on my skag. So skag is slang for heroin. So I guess he means you owe me. Like it's on you to steal and sell something so we can get more heroin. Yeah. That phrase really perplexed me. Is that the same scene where he calls her a moose? I don't know. <laughs> Tommy's like, she's a moose. And I have never heard that term. Well, like she's bigger than him? Because Dominic is a pretty small man. Well, I I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, and, like, sometimes it refers to, like, a woman being bigger, but, like, usually it's just a woman being ugly. Which, uh-huh. like, she's not ugly. But then I found this song, Loose Loose Woman, She's a Moose, by Coffin Nails from 1988. <laughs> exposition about the stealing yeah love two men sitting in a bar going over an entire plan that both of them (laughs) already know (laughs) we really love to see it taking the threat seriously several of the castaways set up security measures and traps around the settlement to avoid ethan carrying out his threat the next morning on day 29 unfortunately ethan manages to slip through from the ocean and kills Mm -hmm. scott during the night Australian vacation, all expenses paid. He was a good guy. I'm not over it yet. Yeah. 
In flashback, we see Lucy Heatherton wearing butterfly earrings. Do you think that was a nod to the moth episode, the moth metaphor? Oh, maybe. That was cool. Charlie's withdrawal is getting the better of him, so he takes the Churchill cigarette case. I guess he was going to dip out at that point and ghost Lucy. I guess so. But she insists on driving him. He seemed him. very, like, stressed out that she was driving him. Also, she's crazy. Can we just... What? Lucy? What happened? They were dating... They were literally on their, like, their first date. And she was like, you should come meet my dad. You should come over for dinner tomorrow. And because he's scamming her, he said yes. Yeah. And then she just is like, oh, let's get you a job. Like, let's, I I don't know. Yeah. She's a little too much. It's. I'm not saying that she deserved it, but like. Right. Maybe that's another condense it into one episode thing. Like, we don't have time. We didn't have time to draw out Claire's breakup either. Yeah, we didn't maybe. have time to draw out like a full relationship developing. <laughs> so now he has what he needs to get heroin, but simultaneously he has a respectable job. In the present, Jack and Locke discuss the death of one of their own. Nothing fundamental has changed. Whoever he is, wherever he comes from, we're on Ethan's turf. He has the advantage. Although hesitant at first, Jack plans on using the guns from the marshal's briefcase to set up a trap to capture Ethan using Claire as bait. I thought that was interesting that Locke was like, all right, it finally happened. One of us has died. Anyway, let's move on. Did they ever explain why Jack is in charge of the gun briefcase? Because he's been wearing that key around his neck ever since episode 12 or 13. I don't know. Yeah, because they're not his. Why isn't Kate in charge of them? Yeah. Like, it feels like Jack and Kate and Sawyer, all they all wanted claim over the briefcase. And I can't yeah. imagine that they all agreed that Jack has it. Well, because Sawyer never found out what was in it, to our knowledge. We flash back to Charlie demonstrating a photocopier to prospective clients who work for one of Mr. Heatherton's companies. He throws up under the lid of the copier and passes out. <laughs> EMTs, we later learn, find the antique cigarette case in his pocket. I didn't care for that. <laughs> I loved that scene. I just don't, there's no way that you would lift up the lid of a copier. I know. He had so much time to think about it. I loved it. On present day island, Charlie wishes to join the hunt for Ethan, but is turned down. They approach Sawyer to be in the cool guy gun club. Why did they forget the Marshall's gun existed? Guns have been an integral plot point in, like, half of the episodes, and these people just don't remember or don't know what happened to the Marshall's gun after it was used to kill him. I want to know why Jack went to Sawyer before Kate to be in the cool guy gun club. Why? Well, I don't think the order matters. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, But he doesn't trust Sawyer. He doesn't like Sawyer. Well, he just said, like... Do you know how to use a gun? He was just trying to think of who knows how to use a gun. And Sawyer's like, "Uh, remember the polar bear? I think you know I do. Yeah. I don't know. That was the point that they kept making. Charlie's never used a gun before, but Locke has, Sawyer has, Kate has. I guess. Yeah, but why? Because there was that whole thing where, like, they had only four guns. And they didn't, Jack didn't remember the fifth gun. And so... They were, like, gonna leave Kate. Kate was like, I want to go, too. And he was like, no, we're bringing Sawyer instead. Wait. It was gonna be Jack, Saeed... It was gonna be Jack, Saeed, Sawyer, and Locke. Until 
until Sawyer until Sawyer pulled out, out the marshal's gun. gun and was like, "Kate can come too because I have an extra gun." That made no sense. I didn't even to me. think about that. Well, what's Kate's thing? What's her relationship with guns on the island? What she pretended she to not know how to use a gun in that in like the second episode, but like since then, I feel like she and Jack have an understanding. We're like, I don't know. Maybe she still maybe hasn't she never told anyone that she's a weird bank robber and loves guns. <laughs> so here calls Jack Hoss, which is another cowboy reference. That's a character from Bonanza. Mm. Said, Kate, Sawyer, Jack, and Locke wait in ambush for Ethan to show himself and grab Claire. Her walking around alone is such a clear trap. I know. How I don't Ethan get how he <laughs> fell for it. Like, first of all, having her walk around by herself, like, it would make more sense to have someone be like, hey, here's your hostage or whatever. Like, a handoff. Yeah. But then, like, it would be another thing if Claire went on her own accord, but then she ran when she saw him. Yeah. So, I don't know. She was just clearly so scared and, like, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. When he arrives, Jack manages to stop and eventually subdue Ethan. Before they can interrogate him, Charlie takes Jack's gun and shoots Ethan dead. When questioned about why he killed Ethan, Charlie tells Jack that he deserved to die. He says, you think he would have told us anything, Jack? And I was like, that's literally Saeed's job. Yeah, like (laughs) maybe. I'm sure the Republican Guard Torture Division would have liked to take a crack at him. (laughs) We flash back to Charlie. He's turned up at Lucy's house. I'm throwing a bit. Charlie turned up at Lucy's house. I'm sorry. I've been having some problems. Uh, If I could just explain. Lee, Charlie. Lucy. She calls Charlie a junkie and tells him that he will never take care of anyone. Also. And it still smells of your sick. He barfed on her priceless (laughs) empty. (laughs) We end the episode with everyone winding down for the night. We got a quick glimpse at Saeed and Shan so we don't forget about whatever their situation uh-huh. is. Claire comes to Charlie to tell him she remembers peanut butter. The the worst experience yeah. <laughs> on the island so far. <laughs> That's the one she remembered. He reminds her it was imaginary. She says oh, good. she wants to trust him. Charlie really has an opportunity now to like reinvent himself. Did you see him doing that? Yeah, like, I didn't like that. Oh, I loved it. Well, <laughs> I was scared he was going to be like, I'm your boyfriend. Oh, no, I don't think he would do that. I just think that he he's like making himself cooler than he, he gets a second chance to like be the cool guy. Yeah. Um, Which is fun for him, I think. I also was hoping that he would like try to fake a diary passage from her. Oh my god. This could turn so toxic so fast. Like I don't like I don't like a woman not being able to access her own memory. Yeah, this of the is situation. like um overboard. Because any yeah, any of these people could take advantage of her. <laughs> it's fifty first date. <laughs> um, I cracked up laughing when Jin was like, what do you think is happening? <laughs> it's like they're watching this show but they don't speak <laughs> That was so good. And Son's like, I don't know. (laughs) When Claire was trying to regain her memory and using objects that belonged to her, like her diary, I thought, this is the plot of Next to Normal. There's like a good, there's a whole section of that 
musical that's literally what this is about. Charlie said Ethan's the bad guy. That was meta commentary again. She was like, who's Charlie? And he's like, I mean, Ethan. <laughs> he's like, Ethan's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, there's. this was also a good opportunity for like people to start watching the show. <laughs> Because they explain a lot of things. (laughs) This was like a clip show. (laughs) Also, I wrote, Charlie does remember what happened to him. Because when he came back, didn't he say he didn't remember anything? Did he just not want to talk about it? I think They brought Charlie back, but... (laughs) He hasn't said anything since he came back. Uh, I I don't know what he was saying he doesn't remember, I guess. Jack was like, you have to tell me. And he was like, I don't remember. I I, I can't tell you anything that happened i just woke up did he say what the last thing he remembered was because it could have been like walking through the forest what like he probably doesn't remember like ethan hanging him from a noose but like yeah but then he's telling claire all the shit that happened like claire's like i don't remember what they did to us and charlie's like talking to her about it so it seems to me like he does remember and he just didn't want to talk to anyone else about it what does he say happened, though? I don't remember. But he was telling her. I think the things that he was saying could have just been things that, like, he found out after. Like, not things that he remembers firsthand, but, like, obviously he knows that he was strung up from a tree. Even if he doesn't remember getting up in the tree. I thought they were talking about, like, how they only wanted Claire and Charlie was the only one oh. that was able to remember that. Yeah, wait. Watch it. How did he remember that all they wanted was... I don't know. We got to hear you all, everybody. That was huge for me mm-hmm. on that jukebox. I Speaking of amnesia, Saeed was the one that pointed out how rare it is. Saeed knows everything. He was like, Jack, come on. How often yeah. do you really diagnose amnesia? Like, this is not normal. Do you agree with Charlie that it's lucky to not speak English? I guess the luckiest person is Sun, because she is... Yeah, she has the benefit of, like, that barrier, but also... Yeah, she's not... They're not given any responsibility, because they have the excuse of not understanding anything. But she knows the information that she needs. I really liked this casting of Lucy Heatherton, because he looked so small and dingy next (laughs) to her, and she looked so self-assured and mature. Yeah. Jack looked like he doubted his decision when Locke went all gun guy. I really appreciated that performance. Who? When Jack goes to Locke and he's like, all right, oh. we secretly have guns. Um, so I we're, we've now reached the point where we have to deal with the Ethan situation. And Locke's like, does this whole little gun performance. And I really appreciated Matthew Fox looking at him like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. Um, Charlie briefly became Lord of the Files in this episode. Yeah, just for a second. <laughs> and that ukulele music? Yeah, it was so... <laughs> what show were we watching? The whole withdrawal scene I with was the so printer. into it. That was fucking crazy. I took a couple clips of the score, not that one, but... The score seemingly has completely changed. Like after in two thousand five, it's like a new score. Coming with you. He said there were four guns. Never fire a weapon, Charlie. 
what's that piano? Where'd that come from? And then also this one. What instruments are these? Where did they where did they bring those out of? My last note was, if Charlie cares so much about what the group thinks of him, why would he go against their wishes? Yeah. That's been... That was a wild choice, but also, like, I guess I get it, because he's so scared of Ethan, and, like, Ethan has given him... I think it's about fucking Claire. Oh, you think so? I, I think that it was, like... I think he was doing it with the best of intentions, I think he was doing it because he feels like he knows something that the group doesn't know, and it's not to trust Ethan, even if but they're not he's subdued. It's not that they're Ethan. trusting him, but like it's that they're underestimating him from his point of view, like that he's somehow going to break free and then kill other people. If I were Charlie, I think that's what I would think. Yeah, I guess he could. It's just, like, I would never assume that I know better than the entire group consensus. But he is repeatedly in this show, I suppose, brushed aside and not allowed to do anything active. Like, because he was disregarded so many times, he goes into the rock cave to get Jack. Mm -hmm. And now they've repeatedly disregarded him this time. So guess what? My guy gets to shoot somebody dead. Like he's very reactionary that way. Yeah. It feels like a lot of his actions are like a fuck you to the way people have been interacting with him. And I guess I just don't think that's the way to make friends. (laughs) I wrote some pretty. Oh, do you have more notes? Uh, Oh, Vincent is back. Where did he go? Oh, he ran. He ran away from the polar bear. And then there was a point where, like, Boone starts following a noise. And then then it turns out that it's Vincent. (laughs) Who let the dogs out? I mean, that dog. I don't know about him. (laughs) I do like whenever anybody is in... Like, whenever I see a shot of a person in nature with the dog it just looks like a photograph yeah that i would hang on my wall um ddk asked son if the baby is okay and they shared a significant look so i predict that they had a pregnancy or a child at some point because they spent a long time like he was like what do you think's going on well is she okay and son's like yeah and he's like but is the baby okay and they just like look into each other's eyes and i was like what the hell's that about show This whole episode was about Charlie's relationships, but they also spent a good chunk discussing fatherhood, especially the impending fatherhood of Mr. Heatherton when he quit his band. So it really feels like this is Mm. leading to Charlie becoming island father of the island baby. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. I resent this concept that I'm always seeing of parenthood fixing your life or forcing you to become better. Mm -hmm. I think that's dangerous. I don't think you should be a piece of shit and then expect becoming a parent to save you. That's not healthy. Hit the microphone. And it could also turn out really badly for a child's life. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I still don't know about Claire and Charlie. Like, is the rest of the show going to be him being like, wow, like I was a good guy all along. So I'm being a good dad or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Because she never agreed to parent this child with him. Yeah. And now she doesn't even remember. This is so toxic. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, Lucy said you'll never take care of anyone. He's so obsessed with taking care of Claire. Yeah. So, of course, in her his flashback, she said that. He decided he's her partner in raising the child, and it doesn't seem like she has a say in it. Okay, I just... Yeah, but also, like, that was... That is not new. He kind of decided that a while ago with the peanut butter shit. Yeah, but now, like... But now he has the opportunity to totally rewrite it. Yeah. Which I don't care for. Maybe he won't. The next episode is... Whoa! (laughs) The next episode is called Outlaws. Um... So who's a criminal that we know of? Kate, Sawyer, Charlie, Jin, probably. Yeah. Is that everybody? Um, yeah, that's probably it. I predict that it's going to be about one of those people <laughs> or multiple. <laughs> then I tried to think of some general lost predictions. And I thought that this island might be on an entirely different plane of existence. And these people might not be alive on Earth at this time. Oh. And we have to see more of the others. Yeah. There's no way that that was such a small threat. What? That we just vanquished. They said something like, what What if he's not alone? Like, what if Ethan's not alone? But, like, also, what if he was alone? That'd be fucking lit. What if he actually was on flight 815 and this was a whole act? <laughs> you better find yourself a runway, daddy. <laughs> Oh my god. Again, like, if he doesn't have sex with someone soon, <laughs> literally roll a die. I don't care what character it is. It doesn't matter. R.I.P. Ethan, I guess. Although, maybe, like, Charlie wasn't underestimating him. Like, what if he What if he wakes up and he's not dead? Mm-hmm. What if you can't kill him? R.I.P. Lucy's mom. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Marshall again. R.I.P. Polar Bear, they discussed. <sighs> Most importantly... Scott Jackson worked for an internet company in Santa Cruz. They won a sales prize. Two-week Australian vacation, all expenses paid. He was a good guy. Sorry I kept calling you Steve, man. Um, amen, I guess. I mean, it was a heavy day. So, wait, Scott and Steve didn't know each other before... Well, in the Lostpedia that I read, it said that one of the deleted scenes was their census part, and Hurley asked them if they were married, and they said no, but they had been traveling in Australia together, so they were in a relation. Oh. This is upsetting. It's a shameful, shameful day! That's what I said when. <laughs> Agree. Scott died. I couldn't have put it better. Uh, the trivia. There's some brief trivia, but it really packs a punch. Um, this one I I just wanted to point out. Under soundtracks on IMDb, it says, You All Everybody, written by Jude Christodal, Chris Seafried, and Dominic Monaghan, performed by Drive Shaft. <laughs> so that's the but way... But who is Drive Shaft? That's the way they credit that song. I think it's Chris Seafried. That was the guy that they hired to sing it. Um, the copier that Charlie tries to sell is Model 815. Oh. Love it when they point out this shit to me. In 2009, (laughs) episode writer and show creator Damon Lindelof quoted this episode as one of his least favorite, saying that it was flawed on almost every single level that an episode of Lost could be. Whoa. I, does he go into detail? (laughs) It's just 
that's just the one sentence of trivia. We could probably like look up that interview. Yeah, wait, what is what is cuz I didn't that's think so crazy. I didn't think it was that bad. And then the last one is Charlie's date Lucy mentions that her dad is out of town looking to buy a paper company in Slough. That's the that's the office. It took place at a paper company in Slough. Whoa. Wasn't that cute? That is adorable. <laughs> he doesn't wait, he said it. When he said it, I was like, ew, why did he say it like that? He was like, I have to go to Slough. And I was like, <laughs> God, he really like punched that line. But maybe that's why, because it was supposed to be a little that's hat very tip. cute <laughs> uh do you know who you're voting off oh i forgot hold on let me think about it for two seconds why wasn't saeed on the cool guy team he was he it really made me laugh when when they showed them all set up in their little spots with it was raining and they're just yeah, holding so, their oh guns yeah, like saeed's in the tree <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, I'm ready. Shows taking themselves so seriously really makes me laugh. Okay, three, two, one. Dysfunctional copiers. Stopwatch guy. Same scene. I'm putting off the guy that was, like, just holding up the stop because Charlie was like, oh, I'll be so fast. And then everyone in that room, not a scrap of empathy to go between them. They were all like... Ew, what the heck? This guy's so gross. And then he like vomits and passes out and they're all like, ugh. I mean, I know that, that you would react to that too. But like they were all so hard. Nobody cared that he was struggling with the printer or apparently with his health. Like ah. he just holds up the thing like he's like frowning, but he has no line. <laughs> MVP on three. One, three, two, one, three, Sawyer. Yeah, probably for the same reason. I chose Sawyer. I was thinking about Saeed, but I chose Sawyer because he, like, advocated for Kate to go on the trip. Yeah, that is... I totally forgot about that until you pointed it out. He said something stupid, like, girly can go or something, whatever he called her. (laughs) Um, I liked... (laughs) I chose Saeed because I liked it when Locke was like... You're the soldier. I'm the hunter. Like yeah, that was so role. weird. But Saeed's essential. They trust him, and he's an expert in so many goddamn fields. Yeah. Mm. Well, folks, that episode of this podcast was flawed on every single yeah. level that an episode of a podcast could be. Wait, what's the next episode called? Outlaws. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I'm excited. I don't know what it's about, but <laughs> it's got to be good. I hope it's about these people on the island, though. <laughs> yeah. Cross your finners. Also, what's the deal with the hatch? Are they are they yeah. going to okay. go back to that? That is a weird... I guess weird... they got distracted. That's a weird thing a about this happened. show is that they stopped caring about Claire when, like, the whole... They started focusing on the hatch instead of Claire, and now Claire is back, and we're not talking about the hatch anymore. When, when is he going to tell people about the hatch? When he he's gets a it open? I don't know. Um. He's a problem. He's always been a problem. And now he's made Boone into a problem. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we go? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't like that voice. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at You've Lost Me Pod, Twitter at You've Lost Me Pod. Email us at you've lost me pod at gmail.com. Email us your notes 
if you're taking notes, just I'm looking for like a steady stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, just watch the show and type anything that comes to your mind. Yeah. Uh, okay, bye.